Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday morning time together here at the Digital Cathedral. I trust you have your coffee cup handy, your Bible handy, and your mind wide open today to receive some truth. I'm going to begin a little two-part series today that I'm going to call Living Your Best Life Now. Living Your Best Life Now. I'm going to take this week and next week, and I want to talk to you about that. And I'd like to spin off of John chapter 10, verse 10. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said this. It's a very familiar verse of scripture, but I want to make sure I get the wording just right. John 10, 10, living your best life now. We're going to cover it in two weeks. All right, let me just explain it to you. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. Now, the thief that's mentioned in verse 10 is commonly throughout religion been thought of to be the devil. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's not the devil. It's not who Jesus is talking about. If you back up to chapter 9, verse 40, he's addressing the Pharisees. He's, he's addressing religion at its worst. And from verse 40 down through where we're reading in uh, chapter 10, verse 10, the whole thing is directed to the Pharisees. So he's saying, look, you have a choice. You can live a life of religion that has, that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's painting with a very broad brush because there are some things in you know church and religion that are, are, are good, not, not a problem. Or he said, you can live the abundant life that I've come to give you. I believe that every manifesting son and daughter has two rights that have been given to us explicitly by the Father. Every manifesting son and daughter has two rights. And I'm gonna take those two rights uh, this week and next week. I want to cover, cover them as thoroughly as I can in 45 or 50 minutes in two sessions. This week, I want to talk about the right that you have to write the script of your life. If you're going to live the best life now, then it's going to be the abundant life that Jesus said in verse 10 of John 10, he came to give us. That abundant life is probably a little bit different for each of us based upon what our, what our divine function is, what the plan of God is for us to fulfill, what we desire, what we like, where uh, we want to focus our attention. But you can live your best life now. I'm firmly convinced of that. You don't have to live a life that has been stolen from, that has been thieved or killed or destroyed. You can live your best life now. Now, if that's, if that's true, if my premise is true, then next week, I want to talk about the second right that all of us have as sons and daughters of God, which is to hear God for yourself. That is so important. That is absolutely imperative if you're going to live the best life now. But I just want you to focus this morning on this first part. I want you to think along with me this morning about who or what directs your life. Who actually writes the script of your life? Who lays your life out before you? Um, that you live out daily. Do, do you do that or is there some force that's beyond your control that has already set everything in motion that you have no control over? And I know that there are things in life that we do have no control over. How much of life, how much of life do we really control? I guess that's the question. There's things we have no control over. I had no control over the family that I was born into. I had no control over the race that I am. I have no control over the nation that I was born into. Had no control over the color of my eyes. Had no control over the color of my hair. Regardless of what we have no control over, 
The question is, can I still become what I desire to become? Can I still become and complete the plan that the Father has for my life? How do verses like Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 play in, where it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths? How about Psalm chapter 37, verse 23, where it says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord. How about Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, where, where God tells Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. We read in Scripture, all things work together for good to those that love God. So this morning, those, those verses tend to say to me that the course of my life is wide open. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. He will direct my path. Where's He directing it to? How's He directing it? If He's ordering my steps, as, as David in Psalm says, where's my steps taking me? If he knew me beforehand, before I was ever in my mother's womb, and he ordained Jeremiah to be a prophet, what did he ordain me to be? What did he ordain you to be? And can we fulfill that plan of God for our lives? So I want to deep dive this morning a little bit. I want to deep dive into this idea. Can we write the script of our life? I believe you have the right as a son of God to be able to write what you desire for your life. Now we're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning and I'm going to make some points, maybe stretch you a little bit, but I want you to feel confident when we're done this morning that, that you in conjunction with the Father through the Spirit, through the Son and the Spirit, that you can chart the course of your life. You have choices to make here and you're making choices this morning. You made a choice to come to the Digital Cathedral today. You, and in making that choice, you may hear something that will spring you into the thing that you desire in your life. All right, you ready? Let's deep dive into this. Let's start over in Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to look at some, the, the idea of, of choices for just a couple of minutes. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and let me read verses 19 and 20 out of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, this is Old Covenant. This is Old Testament. I'm going to read a couple passages out of the Old Testament just to highlight the fact that we have some choice. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. Sounds like we have a choice in the matter. Now, this is Old Covenant. And there's some problems with making this choice. And let me back up to chapter uh, 28. But he said, I do set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, I want you to choose life. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Chapter 28 in verse 1 says this. Now, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, right? So it looks like we have a choice. If we want to obey all the commandments, he will set us into position. And he says in verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on you, overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come on you and overtake you. And he explains all the mess that's going to happen to you if you don't obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
The problem is this. Here's the problem with the old covenant. If you choose life, if you choose blessing, if you choose this is the course I, I want to live my life out in, you can't keep all of the commandments that he lists out in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses one down through 1 through 15. Verse 28 in, in um, chapter 28 verse 1 says that you must obey all the commandments to be blessed. So if you choose to live a life of blessing, you choose to live a life of whatever you desire to do, the abundant life for you, and you want that life to go in a good direction, then in, under the old covenant, you better obey everything that God says. In fact, Moses took the 10 commandments and he made 613 to help people keep the 10. Pretty much what church has done today. Church has taken uh, 10 commandments and has expanded them to the point where it's impossible to keep them. All is a setup for failure. I'll tell you that. When he said that you have to keep all the commandments, it's still a setup for failure. If you think you have to jump through hoops or do certain things for God to bless the course of life that you choose, you choose to be a doctor, choose to be a lawyer, choose to work at a store, whatever your choices are, you're not so much the product of circumstances as you are choices. Problem in the old covenant is to make the choice to get the blessing was impossible. In fact, the father knew the whole time that it was a setup for failure. He knew it was a setup for failure. It was the people's choice. The father wanted fellowship. The father wanted relationship with the children of Israel. They said, no, 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 no. Just tell us what to do to be blessed. Tell us what we have to do to live the life that we want to live. A life that will invoke favor from you and we will do it. So God said, okay, I'll tell you what. If you want to be blessed, then you keep every law that I'm going to give you. You keep everything. Don't transgress one of them. And if you transgress one of them, then you're going to be cursed. So what, what the Father does here in the Old Testament, he brings them to a place of futility. If you want to write the script of your life, it's going to be absolutely impossible to tap into the blessing of God regardless of what you desire to do, regardless of what you desire to be, if it's going to be based on performance. So what does the Father do? The Father comes along. Now just follow me through for a few minutes this morning. The Father comes along and He puts a grace safety net that takes into the picture every bad choice you'll ever make, every bad decision you ever make. Now this should make you jump for joy. This should, somebody's going to do a happy dance around, around uh, the camera this morning, around, around your screen, however you're watching on television or your, your phone or your computer. Somebody's going to do a happy dance. Because Romans chapter 10 and verse 4 says that Christ is the end of the law. All law. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. He is the end of all law. Not only the laws of Moses, not only, not only anything that's mentioned that we have to do to keep, but all the church laws. The church that you go to, set up all kinds of church laws, church things that you have to do to be blessed by God. He is the end of that to everyone that believes, to everyone that has received a revelation of the grace of God and, and believes it, walks in it, you're free from that law. A lot of people free from law don't know it. And so they're still trying to be blessed by what they do instead of who they be. All right, we're talking this morning. We're deep. We're, we're going. We're going down into this subject of you writing the script for your life. You have a choice, 
as to how you want to live. I would never, God will never take away your free choice. I think free will is another subject. We make choices based on what influences us the most. There's, I think there's a difference between choice and will. Get into that another day. What I want to drive home this morning, because I feel like some of you are feeling like your life doesn't count, that you haven't accomplished anything in your life. So here I am this morning at the Digital Cathedral, and I'm telling you, point forward this morning, what you would like to see your life become, you have the ability and the power to make it happen. And it's going to come through the choices that you make. Frankly, you're living probably, without a doubt, the choices that you've already made in life. I'm living the, the, the choices I've made. I, I, I didn't make a choice to be a brain surgeon. First of all, it doesn't appeal to me. Second of all, I'm not smart enough to be a brain surgeon, I'm sure. I don't have the intellect. I don't have the inclination. I don't have the interest in being a brain surgeon or a stockbroker or uh, a lawyer. Although lawyer interested me, if I, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I may, may have gone on and become a lawyer. I, I, that, 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 that kind of piques my interest. But you're living the choices that you've made. Circumstances we don't have a lot of control over sometimes. As I said earlier, you had no cho choice over the circumstance into which you were born. But you can make choices that begin to move you out of that. But it depends on choice. Let me give you three, four scriptures just to illustrate. And I, I wanted to use those Old Testament scriptures to show you the futility of choice under law. But God comes in and gives a great safety net so that if you make mistakes, Today, maybe you, you said, man, I wish I, wish I had a do-over. You have a do-over from this point forward. Don't look back. Don't look forward. Take today. Let's make some choices today on what we want to do, on the way that we want to live our life. We have a choice. For example, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, very familiar uh, verse in the scripture. It's the first verse that we used to take people down the Romans road, you know, through the wigwag through the book of Romans to get people to pray, pray the prayer. We had to bring them all into that place that they all had a, had a real problem. So we would read Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Here's the choice. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's, we, we all know that verse. We've heard it a gazillion times. But we never heard verse 24 with it. Being just justified freely, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So now you have a choice here. You can, you can live a life that falls short of the glory of God, or you can live a life that has been freely given to you by grace. A lot of people today are living with a, with a, a burden of sin consciousness. They've made the choice to live under sin consciousness. Maybe they had no idea there was a, another choice to make. When we read verse 23 of Romans chapter 3, when we read verse 23, we need to read verse 24 with it because there's two here. There's two. See, you can live in, in verse 23 or you can live in verse 24. A lot of my evangelical friends still live in verse 23 and believe that it's impossible to live a life that you don't sin every day in word, thought, and deed. Or you can live under grace. God brings a better alternative. He says, okay, here, make the choice of grace. Verse 24, knowing that you have been redeemed by Christ Jesus through grace and that you don't have to live in verse 23 anymore. While you're right there, usually the second verse we went through was in chapter 6 and again verse 23. 
It says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So here he sets up another choice. He says the wages of sin is death. Do you want to live under the wages of sin? Or do you want to come over and live under the, the gift of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Now, if you decide to live under the, the wages of sin, your life's not going to be that, that happy. It's not going to be that fulfilling. I can tell you it's going to be full of hurts and bumps and bruises. But when we read uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, most people stop at the first part of that verse, which looks like we have absolutely no choice in the matter that we've come under this, this idea that we're going to sin, we're going to have an unhappy life, we're going to encounter difficulties, life is going to be tough, but the gift of God is eternal life. So do you want to live under the wage or do you want to live under the gift? It's your choice. And the choice that you make is going to determine a lot of the direction and the attitudes and the consciousness that you have that you carry into life to fulfill what you would like to be the abundant life. I don't think you can live an abundant life under the wages of sin, do you? You need to come to the gift. You, you can't live an abundant life with a consciousness that all have sinned and that's me and I, I'm going to keep sinning and I'm just a poor old wretch. And, but thank God he saved me by his grace. No, you can't live in that. You can't live in that. Here's God's choice. 2 Corinthians 5.19, God was in Christ. This is God's choice. This is what he did for you to help you move into the life that you want to live, to write the script. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing. That's an old English term to mean add up. Not adding up our transgressions against us. He keeps no ledger. He keeps no account. Paul said that love keeps no record of wrongs. God is love. He keeps no, no record. He's not making a video of your life to show you someday to shame you and to show you if you'd only done better, you could have, if you'd only done better, you could have had better. He reconciled us, and he's, he's clearing this path out. I'm laying some foundation down here. He's clearing this path out so that you and I can understand that we can go in life where we would like to go. Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. Since we're right there in Romans 5, let me read this. Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So again, we see, we see the two. You, you can live a life either way. Now, because we've chosen the grace route here at the Digital Cathedral, everything we have comes by grace, favor of God, goodness of God, that he has directly deposited into my life because of the finished work of Jesus. He, we're under a big smile from the Father. We are not living back there in the choice that's impossible to keep that I read to you from Deuteronomy 30 and Deuteronomy chapter 28. I know those verses are read in church all the time, especially Deuteronomy 28, to get people to try to obey the laws of God. God set them up for failure. He knew they wouldn't keep them. So he comes along and he introduces this grace net. Now we can come, you can go either way. That's your choice. But I, if you're going to write the script of your life, I would suggest you come under the grace net. In the new covenant, it's part of our inheritance to write the story of our life. That's part of the inheritance. That's part of the goodness that we have from God. We can choose the thoughts that we think that feed our imagination, that can develop the picture of the life that we would like to live, fully develop it, 
Drop it like a seed into our heart. Let our heart grow it to maturity until our heart overflows with it, until we know that we know that we know that we can be what we desire to be. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak that creative word just like the Father does. All of us have an author inside of us that lives, that does nothing but accept thoughts, reject thoughts. Accept what we can go, we should go ahead with or reject what is presented that we should not go ahead with. I'll, I'll put a name on that author next week when I talk about your ability to hear God for yourself. But just know that there is one that lives within you that always directs you to the tree of life. That will always direct you toward making the choices and the decisions that lead to the life that you want to live. All right, let's, co let's compare a couple of things. Let's compare 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now we're in New Covenant and I want you to see that the choices you make are going to have tremendous, uh, a tremendous impact on your life. Now, no matter what you make, you're under a grace covenant. God, God is a GPS. He will direct you and bring you back to where you need to go. But I, I, I want you to know there's a, there's a way to go that if, if we understand it, it makes it much easier. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I'm going to compare two passages of Scripture. It says, casting down arguments, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And it says in verse 6, now here's the choice, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we have the opportunity to cast down every thought that would exalt itself against the revelatory knowledge that we have of Christ. Then it says in Philippians, so we want, there, there are things we want to cast out. There are things we don't want to accept. There's one that lives inside of you that will help you and guide you and lead you into accept, reject. Build upon, don't build upon. This is good. This is not right. This is for you. This is not for you. Then it says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, any, anything praiseworthy in those things, meditate on those things. So again, we, we see that we have a choice laid out in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and again over in Philippians chapter 4, 8, we have a, we have a choice as to what we focus on. If you're going to write the script of your life, we need to focus on the right things. That's, that's what the call is. So the question is this, who's in charge of what you author as the story of your life? It looks like in both those scriptures, 2 Corinthians 10.5, Philippians 4.8, it looks like we have a choice as to, as to what we're going to ponder on. Things that are good, lovely, pure, perfect, a good report, or you can over here think about things that are exalting themselves, trying to grab your attention that you know are contrary to the nature and the will of God for your life, like fear, insecurity, all those things we spend our time. And when you, when you ponder those things, meditate those things, those things will write the script of your life. It's your choice. Things that are good, pure, perfect, lovely, and of a good report, they're going to lead you in one direction. 
things that are contrary to the knowledge of God are going to lead you in another direction. It has nothing to do with your, your sonship. has nothing to do with the love of the Father for you. We're talking this morning about writing the script of your life, writing and living the abundant life that Jesus said belongs to you. A life there where there is no stealing, killing, and destroying. Moving out of that entire scenario. All right, let's read, let's read a little bit more. Romans chapter 8. Let's see if we can pick up on some things. Romans chapter 8, and let me, let me, read, uh, let me read verses 6 to 10. It's a little bit longer than I usually like to read, but I think this is, this is worthwhile. <clears throat> All right, so here, here, look, here, choices. Choices determine life more than circumstance. For to be kindly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So which, which mindedness do you want to have? One that follows the flesh or one that follows the spirit? He says one is going to build and write a life for you that is death. The other is going to be life and peace. Here's why. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God or the, the law of God in the New Testament is love, nor indeed can be. So those that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of Christ or the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. All of us have the spirit of Christ. We, is, we can establish that through I don't know how many scriptures. So it's not an if or. It's, it's if you have the spirit of Christ dwelling in you, know that you are his. And he does live in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in Gentiles. Paul taught it so, so, so eloquently. So you, you just have a, a, a decision here on where your head is going. What kind of decisions and choices you're going to be making. See, we, here's I'm trying to get across here that we need to take responsibility. We need to take responsibility. It's not circumstances that dictates our life. It's choices that create the life. All right, let, let me read on verses 12 through 13. See, we have the ability to choose. We have the ability to choose. The choice and subsequent writing the script of our life comes from what influences us the most. What influences you the most will dictate the choice that you make. Put yourself under good influences. My dad used to tell me, he said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. My dad was real big on, on having good friends, having the right friends. Um, um, because he said, that's going to dictate your future. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So show me the decisions, the choices that you're making, I'll show you where your life is headed. Let's read out, let me read two more verses, 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we're not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you die. But if you by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So again, it comes down to the choices comes down to choices. The spirit within us tells the flesh man, tells the ego, be quiet. You have no say here. We're not going your way because it's death. The spirit says, I'm going to write the script. I lead. I direct. Uh, I, I, I'm bringing you into the story of your life. The spirit takes us and begins to work through our I amness. See, we've opened our conscious wide to who we are. I am. So the Spirit says, okay, once you get us a sense of who you are, then we can begin to work in conjunction together to put this story together exactly as you would like it. 
let me, let me see if I can make this point. For example, the Spirit brings a revelation of your I amness, and it begins to build in your imagination a picture of who you actually are. I am more than a conqueror. That's a choice I make. I am able to do all things. That's a choice I make. Do you see how that's going to how that's going to how that's going to dictate those choices are going to are going to have a, a tremendous influence on the direction that your life goes. I am led by the Spirit. The Spirit within you says, "Look, I'm going to unveil your I amness." And as you begin to move in that I amness and allow the Spirit to direct you and lead you. He's going to show you, I am one with the Father. Some of us are really struggling with that one. I am one with the Father. We're still seeing some degrees of separation. Your I amness is telling you, you are one with the Father. Those things begin to author your life into the abundant life that Jesus said fully, absolutely belongs to you. Out of those I amnesses comes your desires. See, because we're the body of Christ, all of us have have different interests. What interests me doesn't interest you. Many of you would never want to do what I do. Some of you would like to do what I do. You are able to do what I do. So many of you have a profession that intrigues me, fascinates me, but I don't have a desire to do it. I wouldn't make a choice knowingly to, to follow in along of what you're doing. It's because we're different. That's, your life is not the abundant life for me. My life is not the abundant life for you. But what he's trying to show us this morning is that you can fulfill the part. You can, you can fully develop your, your, your place in the body of Christ, the body of Christ. If you're the arm of Christ, you're an extension of the Christ. You have the same DNA flowing through you. John chapter 8, verse 31. You can walk into all of this. John chapter 8. Hope I'm making some sense this morning because I don't want anybody at the digital cathedral to feel like you cannot have the life that you desire to live. We've got people that go, are going to Global Grace Seminary that are studying, for example, counseling because they want to be a grace counselor. They have a tremendous passion to take this message of grace and work it to counsel people out of the bondage and the baggage that they've been carrying around for generations. That's not my heart. My heart's not to be a counselor. I, a counselor is somebody that's able to get down in the pit with you and help you to climb out. I, my, my demeanor is more, I'm at the top and I'm looking down at you and I'm saying, what's the matter with you? Why did you fall in that pit? Quit digging, quit digging. The best way to get out of that pit is quit digging. You're making the hole deeper. See, I, my, my heart, my, my compassion is not to counsel. I can't do any better counsel than what I do Sunday morning and Wednesday night. That's, that's the extent of my counsel. Other people are studying theology because they want to be able to teach or to begin a, a home church or a fellowship. Other people are, are you know, studying because they have different motivations. Whatever your motivation is, that's the abundant life. You can make the choice to do that. Now, where was I? Oh, I was going over to John chapter 8. Which we're talking about choices and, and the fulfilled life today because it's your right. It's the right you have to live the life you want to live. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
You will abide in my words if you will hear them. Jesus said to the Jews, if you abide in my word, then you're my disciples. All right. His word was not written down in a book. His word to you is not necessarily the Bible. He's trying to, he's trying to direct you to the abundant life. He's trying to uh, direct you to the life that you desire. Take what he says to you and meditate it. Take what he says to you to its logical conclusion. I don't know what he's speaking to you. Next Sunday morning, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when we're done next Sunday morning, there's not gonna be one person that can say, I don't hear God speaking. God doesn't talk to me. You will not be able to say that after next Sunday morning. It's your right, your privilege for the Father to speak to you. Knowing truth is a choice shifter. When you, when you understand truth, when he speaks to you, and you meditate it, and you, you pull the truth out of what he's saying. Now, it can come through scripture. I'm not saying it can't. It can come through another book. It can come through what he speaks to you directly. Truth comes. Listen to me carefully. Truth comes as the Spirit reveals and unpacks and makes the spoken word or the written word relevant and revelatory to you. That's when truth comes. When he takes and opens your eyes to what he says to you directly, what you feel welling up inside, or maybe it comes through reading scripture. I, I get a lot of revelation this way. It, the scripture should be a diving board. It should be a launch pad to revelation. It's not that we take it literally, but it should open our eyes to a lot of truth. So take it, when he speaks to you, take it to his logical conclusion. For example, if he speaks to you out of scripture, and says, all things are possible to him that believes. Can you make a choice and can you make a decision to say, you know what, that's what I'm going to live in. All things are possible. That's, that's going to influence your choices. That's going to make you go for things that maybe you never would have gone for before. What if he says to you, the, the things that I have done, you'll do greater than what I did. That for sure is a mind blower and it's going to change your direction. What if he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you, and I'm sending you with the same glory that the Father sent me. That word glory is the word, it's the Greek word doxa. It means honor. It means renown. It means divine quality. He says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you with the same honor, the same renown, the same divine quality. Now, we need to think on those things. You, you, you can shut TV off sometimes and just ponder. If we're talking about your life here. We're talking about the direction of your life. If Don't tell me how frustrated you are that life is not like you want it to be when you're not willing to open yourself to what, what you need to enter into to direct your life to the way you want it to go. Think on that truth and let the spirit of truth take it to its logical conclusion and take what he shows you and apply that truth to your life and, and get free so that you can author the story, so that you can write the script. When you know the truth, freedom comes. I understand this morning I'm walking in some deep water. It's above my knees, it's above my waist, it's above my chest. I know I, I'm, I'm neck deep in this, but you have the choice to write the script of your life. Now, there, I, I may have hit on some religious baggage this morning that you need to get rid of. 
Maybe you've put some stops on what you think God can do. Maybe you think you're you have no control that you're whatever life has dealt you you just have to make the best of it that's that's not the abundant life you have his mind you have his consciousness which is resurrection life so choose it this morning the spirit of truth is going to is going to take everything that he has in his mind the spirit of truth is going to take the totality the fullness of what Christ has what he was in Jesus and he's going to take it, he's going to impart it to you. In fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Let me read verses 13 and 14 for you out of John chapter 16. Verse 13. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own, on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you, so that you may have exactly what I had. That's going to bring you into an abundant life. The spirit of truth is going to take everything, all the consciousness, the understanding, the revelation that Jesus had, and he's going to make it alive for you. You need to get a hold of the Jesus level of revelation. need to ponder on that. We, we quote that scripture all the time. As he is, so are we in this world. But we want to cut it short. We're not, we're not ready to say that. I, I think that's too far down the road for most of us to fathom everything that involves we're not willing to take that to its logical conclusion. That what he had, you have. DNA. You're walking in his footsteps. He, Jesus, I, I want this, this is going to mess with you. I know it's going to mess with you. Jesus wrote the story of his life on his terms. What were the terms that Jesus wrote into his life? That's going to mess you up. I know that's going to mess you up. Jesus wrote the terms of his life. He wrote the script. It's going to rock your world. It's going to, it's going to shake what they told you down at the church from Pastor Parrot. Pastor Parrot's just mouthing what Pastor Parrot learned in seminary. Jesus wrote the script of his life. Let, let me, can I just unwind that a little bit for you? Because if you can get a vision, if you can catch what Jesus wrote, encompassed in his life maybe you can grasp it for yourself this morning come over to John chapter 10 verse 17 we we read uh, John 10 10 but let's let's go down just a little bit further and let's look what what Jesus had to say about himself John chapter 10 verse 17 therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life I lay my life down that I may take it up again I lay my life down that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. So the Father is saying, said to Jesus, Jesus, you have the power to write the script. You lay your life down. That's up to you. Nobody can take it from you, and you have the power to take it up again. So Jesus wrote the story. Nobody killed Jesus. Nobody, let me say it again. Nobody killed Jesus. Nobody had the power to take the life of Jesus. Catch this. He had the power to lay it down. He had the power to take it up again. Now that's better than any Hollywood script could have ever written it. Soldiers did not kill Jesus. 
The Jews did not kill Jesus. They hung him on a cross. They gave him over to be killed, but they could not kill him. What they did, they nailed Jesus to a tree. That was the end of it. He gave his life up. He wrote, he's the one that called the shot. When he said, it is finished, he gave up the spirit. He gave up the ghost. Mortal human life left his body at that point. But it was because he made the decision to. All right, come over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, let me read verse 10. You got that? Jesus wrote the script. Can you see that? Can you see that he he was the determ he made the determination when it would happen? He made the determination when he would lay it down. He was empowered to take it back up again. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. Wrong, wrong chapter. Let me get over to the right place here. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. We could spend, we could spend I don't know how long on those verses. And if Christ is in you, is Christ in you this morning? Do you believe Paul's teaching that Christ was in all of us? If it is, the body is dead, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the same spirit, same power, <laughs> that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Is it possible? Is it, can that possibly be true? If it is, if it is, if it, it is, then it's possible to write the script of your life. For example, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead gives life to your mortal body, if, if the life-giving force of your life is spirit, and the same spirit that dwelt in Jesus dwells in you. The, one, the spirit that directed Jesus to say, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down, I take it up. Then is it possible that you don't have to die? Let, let me just go this route for a little bit. Is it possible, for example, you don't have to die of sickness and disease? That you don't have to die uh, from being murdered or a car wreck? Do you have the ability, if, if the spirit that raised Jesus dwells in you and it quickens, it gives life to your mortal body, is it possible that nothing can take the life out of your mortal body until you say it's time? Until you say, I'm ready to go. It is finished. I've completed the plan. Is it possible that you can decide when you've lived long enough so that you can be like Elijah or Enoch or Jesus and just transition just transition. Can we write the script to that level? Can we write the script to that, to that degree? Jesus said you'd know the truth and you'd live in freedom. If that's the case, then the same spirit that dwells in Jesus dwells in me. I can say I am. Check this I am out. I am the resurrection and the life. How can I say that? Because I'm fully identified with him in his resurrection and in his life.
I'm fully identified. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead enables me to say, I am the resurrection. I am the life. That is me. That's my identity. That's my true self. I have the power within me that can say, no man takes my life. I lay it down. I transition when I desire to. I'm not going to die of sickness, not going to die of disease, not going to die prematurely. See, I know, I know this is hard for some of you this morning because we've been so programmed that circumstances control our life. Circumstances dictate how we, how we decide things. That's not, that's, not the, that's not what should be your decider. Your decider, we'll get to it next week, should be your given right to hear the voice of the Father for yourself. It was the voice of the Father that directed Jesus and everything that he did. It's all based on your choices, your decisions. I have to allow, I have to allow by my thoughts anything contradictory to that to enter into my life. And what did Paul say to do? He said, cast those things down. Cast those thoughts down that are contrary to the knowledge of God. Why do you think you're getting all this revelation? So that you can dispense out of your life. You can drive out of your life everything that would try to enter from the outside. Have you noticed everything contrary to your knowledge of God tries to enter in from without? Fear, insecurity, doubts, all those things, all those negative things, they try to enter from without to come within. He said, don't let it in. Don't, don't give it entrance. The spirit that is within you has the power to reject it. So if I introduce an opposite into my life, if I introduce a limiting principle into my life, what it does is it hinders the resurrection life that is within me. I make the choice. I make the choice. Remember what he said in 2 Corinthians 10.5? Casting down every thought, every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Then he said in verse 6, having the ability to revenge all disobedience. What is all disobedience? Disobedience is anything that is contrary to the knowledge of God that he has shown you by revelation. He said when that happens, you can make your obedience known. Here's the problem. We've grown up and we've lived as adults being bombarded with limiting thoughts. We've been bombarded with contradictions. We've been bombarded with ideas over our life that are negative, that are contrary. And we've just said, we finally come to a place where we just said, oh, well, that's how life is. That's how the cookie crumbles. I don't even know why I'm here. My life never really counted for anything. There's nothing that I can do about it. I say it often, if you're still on the planet, you're breathing good air, you're taking up space, God has a plan for you and you're living it out. Renew your mind to truth and walk free of the mess of limitation. You can write the script. As, as far as the principle of life is concerned, I don't, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't absolutely live it to its fullness. Live it to its completeness. You say, well, I'm not seeing it. I'm not experiencing it. You're not seeing it does not diminish the truth of it. There's a lot of things we haven't seen that are absolute truth. There is going to be a generation that sees it. There's going to be a generation that walks in it. Back to, back to Colossians chapter 1. I probably should read this. We read it often. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, 
so powerful. Colossians chapter 1, let me read verse 26 and verse 27. He says, there's a mystery. It's been hidden from ages and generations, but now is revealed to the saints. If it was revealed to the saints 2,000 years ago, shouldn't it be revealed more to us today than it ever was to them? And the mystery is this. It's the riches of the glory among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. It's the Christ in you. I see so many confused about the Christ that is in us. They, they have no problem seeing there's no separation in Christ in Jesus, but they have a real problem in seeing Christ in us to the same level. It's always been true. It's always been Christ in us, but it took an appointed time for us to be able to begin to unwrap this mystery, and it still is being revealed to us. It was revealed. Here's why it was revealed to Paul. The Father's timing and Paul writing the script of his life intersected. And when the timing of God intersects with the revelation that you've received, the truth that you have, you're going to see things you never saw before. You're going to come to a place that you never were before. And one of the important factors that Paul said in writing the script of your life that you have to enter into, he said in Philippians chapter 3, is to forget the things that are behind. Forget the limitations of yesterday. Forget the shortcomings of yesterday and begin to reach out and grab onto what you're seeing for today. What you're seeing for today is the way your life should go. What has limited your, your life today is probably the shortcomings of yesterday. You have felt so influenced by the circumstances of days gone by, your failings, your shortcomings. You think you can never attain to anything. And he's trying to reveal to you that from today forward, you can write the script of your life. And any thought that tells you you can't, you cast it down. You give it no place. There is a people that are, are believing. They're starting to pop up all over the world that believe that they can write the script. And that death is under their feet. And it's dawning on them. It's dawning on it. There's, a, there's a, a global community that's hearing the same sound that aren't afraid to move out past what they've ever known before. There's a people saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. This mortal should be putting on immortality. If the mortal Jesus clothed himself in immortality, wrote the script of his life, and ascended into heaven at his, at his will, the will of the Father, and the journey of his life intersecting, then we should be a people that are reaching out to bring that truth of total freedom into this generation. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Never give power to any person, any circumstance, anything that is standing in front of you. Never give power to what has no power. We've empowered circumstances. We've, we've empowered things that are standing in front of us. I don't care how powerful that Goliath looks. That Goliath could be cancer, could be an empty bank account. It could be anything that you think is gonna control your life. Don't empower it. You know how you, how you empower, you know why Goliath was so powerful? Because Israel empowered him. They were afraid of him. They ran from him. They stood as far as they could get away from him. David did not empower him. David come to slay him. David come to cut his head off. If you're going to live the life, the abundant life, quit empowering the Goliaths that has said you cannot live it. Give your exclusive attention 
and loyalty to the one power that is within you. There is no power but the power that is within you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world unless you empower that thing that is in the world. I've been hearing from a dear sister. God bless her heart. She's back. She has retreated back to empowering things that have no power because of circumstances, because of the way things appear, because of, of crazy things that she's allowed to enter into her life. Who lives in you? Knowing that within you, there is one power. Your I am lives and moves and has its being in the gigantic I am that I am. He is the only power. And can I tell you that through you, the I am that I am is writing the I am of your life as it responds according to the nature of your thoughts and beliefs. You can live the life that you want. Now next week, you don't want to miss next week. I, I just gave you half the story today. Because if this is true, if we can live by choices, then we need to hear directly from the Father for ourselves. Not, not from a prophet, not from Don Keithley, not from the pastor, parrot down at the church, not from denominational headquarters. You need to hear from yourself, for yourself. You need to hear the voice of the Father. When I'm done next week, you're going to absolutely know that you can hear Him for yourself. Hearing the Father for yourself, plus writing the script of your life through your choices and decisions as they're directed by hearing Him. He is the tree of life. We're coming off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He is the tree of life. He will direct you to make the choices and decisions that you need to make to get you into the abundant life that Jesus promised. It's all such good stuff. Ran a little bit over time this morning. Forgive me, but it's I, I had to get this out. I know that um, I teach at a place where I sometimes <laughs> confuse you because I can't get it all out in one session. So just give me the long picture. Will you just give me time and, and some space to be able to continue to lay it out little by little by little by little. So... See you next Sunday morning. Thanks for being with me so much. We'll talk this, about this more Wednesday night at The Secret Place. So chew on it, meditate it, and know this. Know this. The greater one lives in you. It's time we rose and lived the life that Jesus said we can. Give you a big salute. Say God bless you. You're always in my thoughts and prayers. Thank you for loving me and supporting me and keeping me in your thoughts and prayers. See you next time at The Digital Cathedral.